0: Bro Football
2: Championship Sunday in the fantasy football world. This is the Bro Football Rewind. My name is Matt Stryker. Happy to be here. But each and every week, I cannot do it without my guest, the one and only Mr. Davis Maddock. Davis, how has Championship Sunday treated you?
3: It's been great. It's been a great championship. Sunday was able to was able to roll away with two league championships. I guess I'm uh, I'm sweating, I think, 73 PPR points from Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones tomorrow night. So I guess that one's not wrapped up, but uh, did wrap up at least one championship this weekend have another one hanging in the balance. Good day of sports investments. Good day in DFS. So we're, we're in a good mood here on championship weekend.
2: All right. I love it when Davis is in a good mood because each and every week Davis gives us his insights to all the games. I sit here and I write down all the players that Davis said, you know, you should think about this guy next week. I pick them up and hopefully you do as well. And hopefully we're all winning together. Davis, it really started Saturday. It continues all the way to Monday. But just for today in the one o'clock games, what jumped out at you the most?
3: I think the biggest thing that jumped out for me for the, uh, the one o'clock games, uh, you know, I think it's got to be the performance of Sam Darnold. He was a, a home underdog to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is something you and I have talked about a lot on the show. But, you know, the the future of that franchise hangs on Sam Darnold. And, you know, again, he was able to pull out the W today in, uh, you know, it wasn't a must win game or anything, but I just am always looking for positive signs from him.
2: Absolutely, and Pittsburgh now does not control their own destiny. There's a lot of things that need to happen. We're going to talk about how the upcoming playoffs impact you for DFS and sports investments. After this show is over, most of us are all done with our fantasy football rest-of-season leagues, but DFS and sports investments are still where it's at. Davis is going to walk us through everything we need. This is the Pro Football Rewind. You've heard about it. Now stick around and find out what all the talk is about. Everything you need is coming up. Davis Maddock and Matt Stryker, we're coming back after this.
0: DailyRoto.com
2: Again, this is the Pro Football Rewind, ladies and gentlemen. It is the only show where we go forward in reverse, talking about everything that happened this week in professional football and applying it to all of our fantasy sports needs, whether it be season-long, in this case, Championship Sunday, DFS, or sports investment. So each and every week, I sit with Davis Maddock. We break down all the games, and Davis gives us his insight. Now, Davis, you went to say about this Jet-Pittsburgh game, and now it's intriguing because next week... Pittsburgh plays the Ravens and Tennessee plays Houston. Is Pittsburgh on the outside looking in on the playoff picture next week?
3: Pittsburgh is on the outside looking in because I actually think that uh, the Ravens backups are better than the Pittsburgh starters on offense. You know, I think that Robert Griffin, Justice Hill, Seth Roberts, uh, Nick Boyle. I, I actually think that the backup Ravens players that are going to be active against the Steelers are better than them. Uh, so for those of you who are playing week 17 DFS, uh, be, be on the lookout for that. And I, you know what, I you know, Matt, we, we got to be honest. We know some people out there do see still play fantasy football that goes in week 17 and uh, while while we might think that that's kind of stupid we have to acknowledge pretty much all of the Ravens are going to be the best plays in week 17 simply because uh, you know they they're so well coached and their system is so fluid And, and it would not surprise me to see the Steelers on the outside looking in lose this game against Baltimore's backups.
2: I think you hit the nail on the head as you do each and every week here. It's when a system is designed around specific talents that a player has, then that system is successful because the parts become interchangeable and what might not work one week for this particular running back could work very well for this particular wideout. So you bring up a great point for what we can think about and look forward to for next week if we're playing DFS and for those that are in a Week 17 season-long league as well as the sports investments. I want to move on to a game that uh, a lot of people may have missed the news. It's Tennessee and New Orleans. Henry wasn't going to play. Lewis does play. Plays fairly well. But what are you hearing for next week with regards to Tennessee's backfield?
3: so this game was not going to impact Tennessee's playoff standings win or lose it was a very weird scenario where basically because the Saints are an NFC team the win loss just wasn't going to do anything to the New Orleans Saints record or or to the Tennessee Titans record rather so they thought you know Derrick Henry he's got a hamstring let's just chill Like, you know let's let him just take it easy for a week let's play Deion Lewis we can win we can lose this game and it doesn't really matter their biggest game is going to be their week 17 game Deion Lewis it was so interesting in this game uh, you know just received none of those checkdowns that we expected of him he got 15 carries in this game but he was targeted only two times in the passing game you know that was the same as Khalif Raymond and Michael Pruitt whereas when we've seen Deion Lewis play in the past he was like a very heavily targeted guy and a lot of that is to do with playing with Ryan Tannehill Ryan Tannehill you know he hates to check down that's actually one of the things that we really like about Tannehill and I think part of the reason why the Titans offense has looked so good with him as quarterback is because he's always willing to make those throws down the field Uh, if you had Derrick Henry in your uh, your championship roster you know and probably a lot of people did have Derrick Henry on their championship rosters it's just a really tough break Uh, really tough break to you know get this guy who has been running so hard you know it feels like he gets 100 yards and a touchdown every single week sucks to miss out on him in this game and uh, I, I thought a great game played by the New Orleans Saints. You know, Alvin Kamara has his best game of the year. Michael Thomas is targeted 17 times, gets 136 yards and a touchdown. Jared Cook had a big day as well. I thought this was, uh, you know, for me, this was really a convincing game that the New Orleans Saints are, you know, should be up there as one of these Super Bowl favorites.
2: Absolutely, and I think from DFS perspectives, if you played a Saints stack however many different ways, I mean, Davis just rattled off four names that did what they were supposed to do that throughout the season have kind of been sporadic, but when all of those elements are clicking, the Saints are a very, very exciting football club. All right, now, a lot of people picked on Carolina here, and they made the right call. Indianapolis lays 38 on them. What did you pull from this game?
3: I mean, what I pulled from this game is that Carolina, they don't have a quarterback unless... Uh, you know Cam Newton is healthy next year. You know if they basically if they if they're not able to get Cam Newton fixed uh, as far as his foot injury goes, they're not able to have him. And and you know what? I actually think in the long run, not getting hit, you know, not taking all of these sacks this year, uh, it, it might be good for Cam Newton if he's actually able to get fully healthy. If he's able to return next year, they hire a good coach, a good offensive coordinator. I think it could be long term good for the Carolina Panthers that Cam miss the season because when he comes back. He's going to have Christian McCaffrey. He's going to have DJ Moore. uh, And he's going to have, uh, you know, so basically he's got elite running back. He's got an elite wide receiver. Then he's got Curtis Samuel kind of as his Randall Cobb, you know, gadget slot wide receiver guy and then you know they don't have to draft a quarterback because they have Cam Newton so they can draft offensive linemen the defense is very good you know it would not be surprising to me if Cam Newton was healthy next year if the Panthers were you know a top two seed in the NFC so I I I like that for them you know just seems like Will Greer you know it he it took him until week 16 to get into a game and he threw 44 passes completed 27 of them zero touchdowns three interceptions and at, at no point in this game did you think think okay this is a guy who has you know a future in the NFL he he just did not look like he's a guy who's going to have it basically
2: Yeah, and you make a good point about, uh, Cam, the the innings pitched on the arm, using a baseball term, or not having as many miles. And we do know that Carolina does have a very impressive offense, a lot of tools. They probably will have a new coach, so it should be intriguing to see where a guy like Cam Newton falls next season on draft boards. All right, another game I wanted to talk about here, Cincinnati and Miami. Cincinnati locks up the number one draft pick next year, but Miami's really come on, and they've had some fantasy value. Have they not?
3: Yeah, what a what a game. What a game this was. Goes into overtime with just an absurd effort from the Cincinnati Bengals pass catchers. Andy Dalton throws for three hundred and ninety-six yards and four touchdowns. Tyler Boyd records 15 targets, scores twice, 128 yards. John Ross, a name that many probably had forgotten because he'd been injured and then was just playing as you know about a 30% of the snap style guy the last couple weeks. He records 13 targets, 84 yards. Tyler Eifert has eight targets, 57 yards and a touchdown. And that's not even where the the crazy statistics end. For Fitzpatrick, 419 passing yards, four touchdowns. Devante Parker massive day with 15 targets. Mike Gesicki 12 targets, 82 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, real just everyone in this game. Albert Wilson, Isaiah Ford, everyone had good games. Even Miles Gaskin 16 carries, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he got banged up towards the end of the game. Just a, a wild game. If you were watching this one, or if you were uh, perusing the red zone and you were ke- you kept getting Cincinnati Miami updates, it, it was this has got to be a candidate for one of the weirdest games of the year.
2: It certainly was a fun game, and the numbers show that as Dalton, Fitzpatrick, respectively, two and four on the ranking fantasy quarterbacks of the day. Boyd, the number one wide receiver in fantasy today. You mentioned Gesicki being the number three tight end. I mean, it's just littered Parker, the number five wide receiver. This is the game that if you had these guys in your championship Sunday lineup or in your DFS, if you were able to target this game, you are right now sitting pretty. Davis, I want to ask you, you know, when you look at this game before it plays, Were there any signs now in retrospect that this was going to be the game that it turned out to be?
3: Definitely. There were some signs. So, you know, one of the things you're going to see is when two teams are both eliminated from playoff contention, they have nothing to play for. Those games can get very weird. Another thing that made this game awesome for DFS was, you know, both of the defenses are very bad, but Ryan Fitzpatrick and Andy Dalton, you know, both of those guys are reasonable NFL quarterbacks They're They're certainly not the worst NFL quarterbacks that you'll ever see. So that definitely plays into it. And, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick over on RotoExperts.com, he was like our top Streaming quarterback of the week. We recommended him as a pickup in our Monday waiver wire article for those people who were still streaming quarterbacks heading in to the fantasy football playoffs. So there were definitely a lot of signs. And I mean, Devontae Parker was uh, a very popular selection. Mike Kosicki was pretty reasonable. Where things got weird for people was Joe Mixon had a like a a stomach bug heading into this game. So he had 21 carries, but only was able to record 50 yards, had only two targets in the passing game. So I think a lot of people had expectations. Exposure to this game, but they had it in the form of Mixon, who ended up being one of the worst plays of the day.
2: Oh, man, that must be so heartbreaking to have exposure to this game and then end up with the one piece that doesn't play out. Coming up, we have more 1 p.m. games to break down. We're going to break down a team that may have just solidified their trip to the Super Bowl with a victory that has secured home field advantage. We're going to get a little bit more from Davis about who to pick up, who to put down, get your pens ready, because this is where the Pro Football Rewind really gets good. This is where you can make some money in the DFS. So come on back after this. All right, want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join dailyroto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS line combinations and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. Look, if you're playing daily fantasy and you're not using Daily Roto, You're just doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, and welcome back into the studio. This is the Pro Football Rewind, where winners are made, where champions are made. And the first step to being a winner and a champion, at least in professional sports, is home field advantage. Davis, this next game, Baltimore and Cleveland. Had home field advantage and it really paid off for Baltimore.
3: Really paid off, but uh, you know, things were looking a little bleak there in the first half. We were those of us who paid uh, up massively for Lamar Jackson on DraftKings. I mean, Lamar Jackson was a thousand dollars more than any other quarterback on both FanDuel and DraftKings, and uh, you know, some of us went that route and were not feeling very good about it in the first half, but uh, of course. He's Lamar Jackson. He's a magician. So, you know, he ends up with 238 passing yards, three touchdowns, 103 rushing yards, getting that 100 yard rushing bonus uh, right there in the fourth quarter. Justice Hill with a, a quick little scampering touchdown run in the fourth quarter as well. Pretty impressive. Also recorded uh, four targets and 32 yards in the passing game. But Mark, I mean, the big story here, it's got to be Mark Andrews, nine targets, 93 yards, two touchdowns. And uh, I, if I must say the Another thing that we need to talk about this Cleveland Browns goal line offense, it is is it's the worst I've ever seen. They are completely inorganized. The line doesn't do its job. Baker doesn't do his job. The pass catchers don't do their job. If they hand it off to Nick Chubb, he makes the wrong read about 100 percent of the time. Same is true of Kareem Hunt. I have no idea how a professional sports team can have a red zone offense. You know, uh, uh, the scoring chances that you get are so valuable. I have no idea how it's possible that their red zone offense can be this bad.
2: So you're a great follow on social media. So for a lot of -of out-of-market games, I'll see that a team is in the red zone, but I'll usually see your tweets first. And that gives me a good inkling as to how they're doing. And just all day today, you were just really making some accurate observations about some of the play calling down there. I mean, what did you see and what would you do differently?
3: So one big thing that I would do differently is I would not use any heavy set. So, you know, uh, and not even to be too much of a football nerd, but basically that means like playing an extra offensive lineman, playing three tight ends. Cause if you look at Cleveland's roster, the tight ends that they have are Ricky Seals Jones, who was a wide receiver in college, and then he converted a tight end. And then they have Demetrius Harris, who was a basketball player in college and then converted a tight end. So blocking is not what those guys naturally do. So when the Cleveland Browns, they try and go uh, 10 on 11 on the goal line and run basically they're giving up so much size on the edges that it just collapses every single time they try and run outside on the goal line they get stuffed because their outside blockers are all undersized. So what I would do is I would spread it out. You know, I'd i put Jarvis Landry all the way over on the left, Odell Beckham all the way over on the right. I'd bring in the two slot wide receivers or split Demetrius Harris and Ricky Seals Jones out as um flankers. So so you know they'd be playing in the slot basically and then I would do, you know, just play action with Nick Chubb. You 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 play action the inside draw you roll Baker out to his right and you give him the option Option to either throw back across his body to Nick Chubb or to throw to Ricky Seals-Jones or Demetrius Harris, you know, running that slant across the end zone. That's a very basic NFL play. It has a super high success rate. And I, I literally do not think that the Browns have ran it one time in the red zone
2: this year. I strongly encourage any athletic directors that are watching or anyone that knows any ADs Hire this man. Hire Davis Matic right there. It is something that it really says a lot about the fantasy football player, the true player. When you can see things like the edges collapsing and you realize it, that that's why things don't work, that's how a lot of really, really good guys in fantasy sports win because they see things like that. Another thing about winning, and I was alluding to it, now Baltimore has home field advantage through the playoffs here. Does that mean that the Ravens are the odds-on favorite, in your opinion, to represent in the Super Bowl?
3: I do think that they are the odds-on favorite because I also, I would compare them to the Kansas City Chiefs, and I would compare them to the New England Patriots. I think that they are for sure better than the Patriots. The offense is better. The defense is comparable. I actually think that Kansas City's offense, uh, so like Kansas City's offense, when they have their A-plus game, I actually think that they're probably a little bit better than the Baltimore Ravens. However, I I also think that uh, the... The, the median outcome for both of these offenses, actually, uh, just it's a little bit better for the Ravens. You know, that 50th percentile, I think, is better for the Ravens. So, you know, if I'm imagining uh, the Chiefs going on the road to go play in Baltimore in the AFC Conference Championship, I think that's a tough spot for the Chiefs. I think that uh, they, because they can't run the ball at all, it just means that Mahomes has to be perfect. He has got to have his A-plus game for his team to to win. And, you know, as we saw against the Patriots in the AFC Conference Championship last year, Mahomes was just okay in the first half you know he was basically mortal and when Mahomes is mortal you know the rest of the Chiefs they, they don't look as good because their system is so centered around him whereas Lamar has not that Lamar is not amazing Lamar just also has teammates who know how to do their jobs and the tasks that Lamar do just they have a little bit higher success rate you know it's just it's a little bit easier to throw eight yard outs than it is to throw 45 yard bombs to McColl Hardman and that's how the Chiefs offense is set up to function
2: Okay, so now uh, Tennessee, Buffalo, the Texans, maybe the Steelers. Can any of those teams throw a fly in this ointment?
3: You know, I I really, I really do not think. You know, if we're if we're looking at the bottom half of the AFC, like uh Bills, Bills versus Ravens, that's that's the Ravens, right? Or or we're looking at uh, you know, we're looking at the Steelers versus the Ravens. You know, we're gonna see evidence of that next week. Texans versus the Ravens, we've already seen that one play out. Titans versus the Ravens, you know, Titans versus the Chiefs. I know that the Titans actually have already beat the Chiefs this year, but that was uh one of the it was one of the weirdest outcomes of the year. So for me, I, I think it's the Chiefs and Ravens in the AFC and you know I people people who are listening to this who love the Patriots they're going to be frustrated but I think the Chiefs and Ravens are clearly the the two best teams
2: okay now the other game I wanted to talk about a little bit here was Atlanta and Jacksonville a lot of people played Falcon stacks in DFS and uh, a reemergence of, of of Devontae Freeman here could have helped some people in their championship Sunday but what did you take from this game
3: uh, I guess I guess what I took from this game is people people were probably a little bit too soon to throw dirt on Julio Jones. He was having an OK year up until the last month of the season over the last month of the season. Basically, once Calvin Ridley got banged up, Julio Jones has just taken off. He had 21 targets in their game last week. 15 targets in their game this week. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with him in fantasy drafts next season. He's going to be 31. That's basically an age where we start to think of wide receivers starting to decline. And I don't think we've seen any on-field impacts of Julio Jones declining because he's kind of always banged up. Like every time after Julio makes a big catch, you expect that he's going to you know start to limp around just because that's what he does. Uh, and I think as of right now, I would kind of consider him a back end of the first round draft pick. And I, I don't know if that's where he will be going.
2: Okay. So now, uh, what you saw today, is there any names that have jumped out at you? Are there any names that people should look at for next week for DFS purposes?
3: Uh, well, I mean, the biggest ones are going to be the Baltimore guys. The, those guys are, are just super important to the slate. And I'm actually very curious as to how the sites choose to price them. But but uh, yeah, the Baltimore guys. So we're looking at Robert Griffin. We are looking at Justice Hill. We are looking at Nick Boyle at tight end. Uh, Hayden Hurst at tight end. I also think the Atlanta guys, you know, Devonta Freeman had 13 carries today, nine targets in the past or actually 11 targets in the passing game. I think he is going to be a pretty interesting guy. And then, uh, you know, basically the biggest thing I would tell you guys to monitor for week 17 is just which teams have anything to play for at all and which teams have nothing to play for uh, and which teams are going to be playing young players as opposed to vets like that's going to be the most important stuff.
2: So you mentioned Vontae Freeman. Atlanta has Tampa Bay next week. How would you approach that?
3: That is, uh, that is definitely a game where there, theoretically, you would say there's gonna be a lot of points scored there. But also, it's a scenario where if the if anyone gets banged up in that game at all, maybe maybe both teams just shut thing down. You know, they and and Tampa Bay is already very banged up. They have Mike Evans out. They have Chris Godwin out. They have Scotty Miller out. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they just run a very vanilla, you know, kind of kosher. Offense in that game because, you know, what's, what's the use in throwing? justin watson out there to get banged up or maybe they'll take it the other way maybe they'll go you know what james james is uh i think he's like 608 or something like that yard short of the single season nfl passing record maybe bruce arians and Jameis winston are sitting there in the office saying what if we did it what if what if i broke the record and we just we're just throwing bombs to justin watson and brashad perryman all game that uh that's a scenario that's playing out in my head right now
2: that sounds like a fun scenario for, sure. Now, what would be your quick advice to people going into a week 17, their their season longs are over, and DFS can kind of be dicey as teams prepare for the second season. What's your advice to players out there?
3: so uh, the the primary advice is definitely just going to be, you gotta trust. The information that you get from the beat writers, you have to pay. You have to follow the lines very closely. You know, so for example, uh, it, it would not be surprising if like the Steelers were favored over the Ravens uh, just because the Ravens are going to be playing their backups. The Steelers are going to be playing their starters. They're going to be trying very hard. So the the first place to start actually is going to be with the, the the Las Vegas lines, the sports book lines. Those are going to tell you a lot about what is going on in those games. And then, you know, following all the beat reports, that's going to be super important as well. You know, just knowing who's playing. Playing, who isn't playing all that stuff is going to be very important and then of course you know check out dailyroto.com because a lot of the times you maybe you haven't heard of some of these players maybe you don't know who Justin Watson is maybe you don't know who Justice Hill is and a great place to start a great place to research is going to be okay well maybe I don't know everything maybe I'll head over to dailyroto.com where you don't see some guys whole lives to know
2: Yeah, and I think that's a great, great point Because there's going to be plenty of players out there That want to get in on the action But they might not have the knowledge And now that you know guys like Davis And the rest of the boys at the site You're going to get all that knowledge you need So, some might think that Week 17 is a stay-away week But others that are savvy are going to hit that week And hit it hard Maybe this is where we make our money We're going to give you more Pro Football Rewind's coming back after this
0: Welcome back into
2: the studio. This is the Pro Football Rewind going forward in reverse. It is Championship Sunday for most fantasy football players, but there still is DFS money and sports investment money to be had. Now, Davis... I want to look towards next week using the teams that have played Saturday as well as the 1 o'clock games, and I want to see where fantasy value may lie because you've already said some teams are going to be putting in their second-string guys, and in some cases, those second-string guys may be better than the pros on the field on the other side of the ball. But talk to me about, so Houston played Tampa Bay on Saturday, Houston won 23-20. Houston now has Tennessee next week, and that is the game. There has to be fantasy value there, No.
3: Yeah, that is going to be that is going to be a huge game on both sides. So we expect that Derrick Henry is going to be back for that game. Uh, think that Will Fuller probably is not going to be active for that game. Uh, Will Fuller just I I mean, this guy, he he, he he, he can't stay healthy. Will Fuller has been injured so many times this year, you know, got people's hopes up with a big game in, uh, you know, week 12. Uh, had a decent game in week 15 and then got banged up in just one of the biggest smash spots of the year against Tampa Bay. So that's that's pretty brutal. Don't know if he is going to be back. Uh, and then, the you know, the Titans, they have A.J. Brown, Tajay Sharp had a massive game today. Jonu Smith, another huge game, uh, 60 receiving yards and a touchdown for him as well. Think that probably things in week 17, that's going to be, you know, one of the big nationally televised games. Both teams are going to be trying their absolute hardest to win. Uh, You know, and as we kind of talked about when I was live in the studio with you last week, those games that matter so much can really go either way. Sometimes the teams play things very conservatively, but neither of these teams have done that this year in big spots you know Deshaun Watson has been out there on fourth down a lot of the times Ryan Tannehill has been one of the most consistent deep ball throwers in the NFL this year never thought that would be a sentence that I would say uh, he was actually legendarily bad as a deep ball thrower when he was in Miami but that's the way that they have him uh, you know figured out here in Tennessee it just turns out that he is uh, the best deep ball passing quarterback so I'm, I'm very excited for that game and I do think that Both of the quarterbacks are going to be in play for DFS. uh, A.J. Brown and DeAndre Hopkins, for sure. Kenny Stills, for sure. And then, you know, Johnny Smith, Jordan Aikens, uh, Darren Fells. Those guys are going to be, you know, kind of secondary plays as
2: well. All right. And then uh, it was Houston played Tampa Bay and we kind of discussed Tampa Bay and Atlanta next week. And Davis reminded people that Jameis Winston could be in line for a record. And that could be something that might influence some fantasy points there for you, should you choose to go with that game. All right. Then also on Saturday, Buffalo and New England. Now, Buffalo has the Jets next week. Do you see any fantasy value there?
3: You know, that game, that game is going to be a snoozer, right? That is going to be, that's going to be one where you're, you're, you're not wanting to watch. You're not wanting that one to show up on your TV. You know, you're, we're looking at Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. That total is probably, no, not even, I'll, I'll even say, I haven't looked at the line. I'll say for sure, 100%, that total is under 40, might even be like 36 or 37 with Josh Allen versus Sam Darnold. And, you know, the bills have a very good defense. The jets have a very good run defense, not a great pass defense but a good run defense and you definitely do need to have a good run defense against the buffalo bills because that's what they want to do they really want to establish the run and they want to establish it pretty hard so that game uh, i hope that it does not show up on my red zone all that often and uh, i i can promise that i will uh i will not have anyone from dfs in that game
2: i want you to know that living in new york i am guaranteed to have that jet buffalo game on my television so thanks for that. On the other side of that, New England and Miami, do you think there could be a sneaky Miami DFS stack here?
3: So it is definitely it is definitely going to be very sneaky and and just let me say this, I want miami to win this game and for the buffalo bills to beat the new york jets so badly i so badly want a week seven first of all the patriots have not had to play a meaningful week 17 game in quite some time so i'm very excited for them to have to play a meaningful week 17 game uh and and it just how how fantastic would it be if they lost to the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills were able to. Uh, they so they they wouldn't get the one seed, but if the Patriots are, if they go, uh, you know, if they go twelve and four, that means that the Ravens can uh, have the number one seed. And I mean, just how how great would that be? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it just be fantastic?
2: <laughs> it depends on what part, which part of the country you're watching this from. It depends on your fandom, but I think that you wear your heart on your sleeve, and people can certainly appreciate that. Another thing they can appreciate, though, is that it doesn't get in the way with your brain. A lot of people will play with their heart, and the brain gets in the way, but for you, I think you really tiptoe the line there between genius and... And Mad Men. Okay, the Rams and the 49ers was a thrilling finish on Saturday. The Niners won 34-31. Now, next week, San Francisco plays Seattle. What are you pulling from that game?
3: Well, Seattle was horrible. They were horrible on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. Not only did they not cover the nine-point spread, they lost outright so pretty pretty tough scenes on that one of course my boy Kyler Murray played pretty well Kenyon Drake had another monster game two touchdowns and 130 rushing yards uh and that that face melting interception that Jared Goff throw that basically cost the Los Angeles Rams the game um that that is kind of what I expect to see right just uh the, the Los Angeles Rams the they, they you, you, you always think that they're going to be able to pull it out. You know, I I kind of still am a long-term believer in Sean McVay. But the crazy thing about the Seahawks is they are now down to Travis Homer as their only running back left on the roster. Chris Carson out for the rest of the year. CJ Proseis out for the rest of the year. Rashad Penny out for the rest of the year. So... We actually might be in a situation where Seattle finally is going to be forced to throw the ball, throw the ball on first down, throw the ball in the first quarter. And they they hate to do that. They did not start throwing the ball against Arizona until they were down 21 points. Feels like maybe they'll finally have a pass heavy game plan set up here in this game with, uh, you know, only the rookie running back at the University of Miami, Travis Homer there in the backfield. And that would be, uh, you know, that would be pretty awesome to see Russell Wilson just from from the very get go, from the starting gun, go out there and try and score points.
2: Points. All right. And that's the way you have to look at these games from a DFS and sports investments perspective. You have to see what the game script, the game narrative could be and try to hedge your bets and take advantage. Uh, we talked about Pittsburgh. We talked about the Jets. We talked about Tennessee, but New Orleans has Carolina next week. And I want to know what you think is going to happen there. Does New Orleans sit some guys down? Is is McCaffrey still a play here? What are your thoughts
3: So looking at the NFC playoff standings, uh, you know, they are going to be in a they're going to be in a pretty commanding position, kind of depending on what happens on that Monday night game between the Packers and the Vikings. If the Packers are able to beat the Vikings, I don't I just from looking at the standings right now, I do not believe that the Packers have the. I, I don't believe that they, or I don't believe that the Saints would have the luxury of sitting people in Week 17. Normally, they do like to sit people in Week 17. That's a big Saints thing. Uh, I don't know. I, I actually, I'm pretty sure they're not going to be able to get away with that. So we're looking at a Will Greer-led Panthers team that is going to have to try and beat a, a red-hot New Orleans Saints team. Now, granted, this game is going to be at home. Maybe Will Greer will be a little bit better after he gets his jitters out. You know what? Maybe, maybe it was just, uh, you know. For first game he's just not going to play that well he's going to have a chance to watch some tape and everything like that there's there's a chance that he is better in these next games though uh, I, I do think that I probably doubt that
2: okay so now moving on to another game next week just looking at the games that happened this week Indianapolis scored 38 points against Carolina Indianapolis and Jacksonville can there be any type of DFS value there next week
3: on the Indianapolis side, I definitely think there is. You have to remember, though, uh, 14 of those points came off of Naheem Hines' punt returns. Mm-hmm. He had uh, – actually, he had – Three amazing punt returns, two came all the way back for touchdowns. One, I believe he got tackled on the 15-yard line, and that turned into a two-yard Marlon Mack rushing touchdown. So yes, it was a very good game for them, not quite as good as it looks on the scoreboard. Also, they the offense was just never threatened. They, they, they threw the ball only 27 times, only 119 passing yards. From Jacoby Brissett, Marlon Mack, sixteen rushing attempts. Jordan Wilkins, nine rushing attempts. Uh, the highest receiving line of any player active in this game was T.Y. Hilton, three for 26. So basically, uh, I I actually think that's kind of a, a gross game for fantasy. You know, it's it's hard for me to see Leonard Fournette, you know, getting 30 touches in a meaningless Week 17 game. In fact, maybe Jack, maybe the value would come from Jacksonville sitting Leonard Fournette and Reichwell Armstead getting you know a bunch of the work that could be something that would be a little bit interesting or maybe dj shark doesn't play in that game and we get chris conley again as the starting wide receiver that would be another intriguing possibility
2: There you go getting those low owned guys and that's how you hit big it's when you have the low owned guy when everyone's looking that way you look that way and that's when you cash out uh what does this browns and Bengals week 17 matchup do for you if anything at all
3: you know it does very little for mm-hmm. me. Uh, there's just neither of these teams are playing for anything. The the Browns lost outright, so they 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 actually believe it or not, believe it or not, they were live to make the playoffs today. They had um, so I was watching the red zone broadcast and they mentioned that all four things that the Steelers needed. Oh, so they had they had four different things that they needed. They need or all things that the Browns needed. So they needed the Steelers to lose. They needed the Colts to win. Uh, and they needed one other result as well. And they were getting all three results, but they had to beat Baltimore. Now, of course, they did not beat Baltimore. That was uh, that was never going to that was never going to happen. So the the Browns are going to waste this incredibly talented roster. And they're going to go into this week 17 game against the Bengals. And, uh, you know, neither team is going to try. Maybe I actually think an interesting thing that could happen in this game would be Nick Chubb just not playing at all. And then letting Kareem Hunt have a bunch of the touches Or on the converse, Nick Chubb is actually the NFL's leading rusher right now, and they might play him a ton in this game um, just to allow uh, him to extend his lead in terms of leading the league in rushing.
2: Very interesting, and you have to think about these things as well. You really have to micromanage to try to find the best opportunity. Speaking of opportunity, it looks like Cincinnati's going to have a great one in the draft next year. Can you prognosticate it all? I mean, what does this team need, and how do you think they're going to pick?
3: Yeah, so they're going to take Joe Burrow at number 1 at the with the first overall pick in the NFL draft and I think he is going to be a pretty good pick and I think that he is going to head into a pretty good situation. If you actually look at the pass catchers there for the Bengals, it's not bad. Now the the Bengals have a very bad offensive line. I think really uh they, they it would be very bad for Joe Burrow to come in if they make no changes to the offensive line, you know, if they do not draft offensive linemen, if they are not able to to you know, if they just don't make any changes, there very tough situation I think probably for him. But you know, look at these pass catchers. Theoretically, AJ Green is going to be back next year. Tyler Boyd has proven himself to be a very good rotational wide receiver. He's going to come back with Auden Tate, who is a great red zone weapon when he was there this year. John Ross will be back. Tyler Eifert will be back. I mean, this is a a good rotation of pass catchers that I think Joe Burrow would be excited to play with.
2: It's very interesting to start to think about what teams may look like moving forward. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about this playoff picture because it's very intriguing. And you know, give me your, your truncated version here. Uh, who comes out of the NFC here based off of the way the seedings are right now?
3: One minute. The Saints, the Saints are the best team in the NFC. They are uh they have the best quarterback uh of these, you know, big NFC teams and uh yeah, I think I think the Saints are the best team in the NFC and they they should win.
2: So now out of the Vikings, Packers, Seahawks and at this moment Eagles, which team can throw a fly in that ointment?
3: It would for me. It's actually the Vikings. Yeah. I I think that the Vikings are the best combination of a high ceiling team and a good defense. But uh, you know, Kirk Cousins has had you know, trouble in these big spots before, and that's the fly in the ointment.
2: Absolutely, and this is what we have to think about: how to get those flies out of the ointment and let the ointment do what it does, and that's heal all of your cuts, burns, bruises, and ills. Davis, Maddock and I are breaking down the 1 p.m.s. On the other side, we're gonna break down the 4 p.m.s. and give you everything you need moving into week 17. It's not over till we say it's over. So come on back to the Pro Football Rewind.
3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
4: It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that
2: Hey, okay, welcome back into the studio. This is the Pro Football Rewind. My name is Matt Stryker and joining me as always is Davis Maddock, who has become a leading voice in the fantasy sports industry. Davis, as the regular season winds down, I know that you pay deep attention to the playoffs, but what other sports do you dive into right around this time of year?
3: So, you know, of course, we have all of our NBA content over at DailyRoto.com. And actually, on Mondays, I do an NBA-focused podcast with Drew Dinkmeyer from DailyRoto.com and Michael Gallagher, one of our buddies who writes for Rotoworld.com. Uh, so that's a, that's like a DFS podcast, but also we kind of just go around the NBA. We talk about, uh, you know, uh, how teams are doing. Trade rumors, you know, it's kind of just more of a, a general, interesting podcast. I think, uh, you know, if people are looking to find something else to dive into, now that football is winding down, that would not be a, you know, a bad idea to follow. And also a, a big, big soccer guy. I love watching the European soccer as well.
2: Really interesting. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Are, are there a lot of people out there that understand that, that the Euro leagues are also available on FanDuel? And I do believe DraftKings as well.
3: Yeah. So actually, that's how I found it. Uh, I, I, you know, pretty much growing up, I would watch soccer when it came on, you know, during the World Cup and whatnot. And DraftKings, I believe it was in 2014. They launched their um, their EPL. So that's the English Premier League. They launched their DFS product for that. And I was like, well, you know, if, I, if I'm going to get into this, I want to really get into this. So I started listening to podcasts and I'd watch it on Sunday mornings or Saturday mornings, actually, is when it's on here in the States. And I, you know, I, I'd read books about the history of English soccer and Italian soccer and French soccer and and just kind of started to really, really nerd out on it. And actually, some of my favorite episodes that we've done of my podcast that you and I have discussed on here a little bit before the take cast, some of the best episodes of that show are actually, I think, soccer based podcasts. Now, uh, the list. Listeners do not always agree. Soccer still not not the number one most popular. People do want to hear about football and on, on many of these shows. But you know, uh, soccer as as we say here in the states, it, it's pretty awesome. And the the games that are offered on FanDuel and DraftKings, I also think are pretty great.
2: I did not know you were a fan. You mean all this time we could be discussing Gary Lineker and, and Wayne Rooney and Roberto Baggio and Toto Skelacci and Roberto Mancini and all of these these people? It's absolutely tremendous. I really like it, but. American football is the talk right now. When we come back, Davis and I are going to break down the 4 p.m. games. We're going to look at some pickups and some drop-offs and everything you need because we're not done with football,
0: not just yet.
1: Get in zone,
0: AutoZone Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today?
1: My check engine lights on?
0: Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone
2: free FixFinder service can help find the fix for free.
1: Get in zone. This whole report for free?
2: That's right. Printed and on your phone for free. Get
1: in zone. But what if the fix is too tough?
2: We'll recommend a local shop. FixFinder, only at AutoZone.